I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. Thank you for allowing us to be with you on your home or wherever you're listening from. From time to time, we have people that tell us where they listen. And I especially like those guys that listen from the boat. Amen. That would sort of be my cup of tea there. But people listen, some of the truckers going down the road, wherever you're listening. I just thank the Lord that you're there. From the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, going to find a little thought here. The book of Acts chapter 9, verse 5. We're going to be using this statement. I'll make this over and over again now for a few minutes. You can choose to live under conviction or under comfort. Under conviction are under comfort. Hope we can maybe uh, give some things to help you as a child of God uh, to have, especially this year, to live victoriously for our Savior. If you do not know Christ, all oh, that the Lord might all help you to have this desire to search, my friend. The reason people are not finding Christ as far as being saved, they're not looking for him. You know, it's kind of like desiring to look for the police officer or something. You know, they don't want to look for him because their lifestyle, my friend, is not in common with anything we think about our Savior nor our Heavenly Father. As far as trying to contact from people from time to time, say, Brother Mon. Give us a way to contact you. If you have access to a computer, just F-O-M-M dot O-R-G will bring you directly to us. F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. Uh, the station also at the end of our program, a lot of times we what we usually do is try to leave a little bit of time. They can give you a way to correspond with us here at Fishers of Men Ministries. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we have here within its context, we have a man by the name of Saul. And, of course, he is a very orthodox, very religious man. Very orthodox, very religious. As far as his religion is concerned, he takes it seriously. In fact, what he's doing, he has rejected Jesus Christ as far as our Savior came to be the Messiah. And what he's doing is he's breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And what he, what he actually is doing, he's a great persecutor of Christians. And here he is, he's hidden toward Damascus. And he has him a handful of warrants, and he's going to take, and as far as these warrants is concerned, he's going to have Christians committed to prison, also to have them killed. And it seems as if our Lord just got enough of it, and it seems as if our Lord backhanded, knocked him off his donkey, throws him down to the ground, face in the sand, and Jesus said this, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And then verse 5, which is our text, and he said, all right, Saul said, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. So I know who the Lord is, amen? And by the way, I'm glad I know the Lord. He said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. 
And then this statement I want to lay great emphasis on. Jesus said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, what in the world is that? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Kick against the pricks? It was his conscience. His conscience was stabbing him like the spurs to the horse. From the stoning of Stephen to the attacks of all the other believers, it just just bothered him. It bothered his conscience. Someone put it this way. One of the most painful wounds in the world is the stab of the conscience. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who art thou, Lord? (laughs) I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. My conscience. I want to say, Many times now, for just a little while, we can choose to live under conviction where our conscience is convicting us. We can choose to live under conviction all the time, or you can live under comfort. Hey, by the way, I would take and recommend the second to live under comfort. Oh, it's so good to go to bed at night and knowing my sins are under the blood. And knowing I can have the joy of God when I go to sleep. And I don't have to lay there under conviction thinking about the day. And lay there knowing that I've done wrong. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I don't want to live under conviction. I want to live under comfort. We think about this word convict. What does it mean? It means to impress a sense of guilt. We think about, have you ever heard this? We think about those who... Uh, maybe have to go to court for something that they have done. They have been guilty of a particular crime. Have you ever heard this statement? The evidence convicted him. All right. That's what we're talking about. You know, have you ever had that guilty feeling? I've been there. My friend, I've done that. That guilty feeling. Have you ever lied about somebody? And then that person was right in front of you. And you know they know. And they know you know, but yet nothing is said. You have this feeling, just this stabbing away at your heart, you know. That guilty feeling. Maybe you've been unfaithful to a marriage partner. Maybe just disobedient to God and God's chasing you. Maybe you're just sitting at home. uh, Or maybe you're out shopping or maybe just out sightseeing while they're having church service in your church. And all of a sudden it hits you. You're guilty. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. The stabbing of the conscience, a horrible way to live. Are you living under conviction or under comfort? Always show you how to make sure it's under comfort. What produces conviction anyway? Where in the world does that come from? In the book of John, John chapter 16 and verse 8, it talks about the Spirit of God. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, I'm fixing to leave, but I'm going to send the comforter. And uh, he's going to come into the world, and he's going to reprove you of sin and righteousness and judgment. Reprove? Well, that's definition of that. Reprove is almost like conviction. To reprove means to blame. To reprove means to convince or charge with a fault, to show a sense of guilt. Reprove, convict, convince. Uh, The same words. So we see this is a supernatural work, the work of the Holy Spirit Uh, to the saved. Why is there conviction? Because God wants to keep me out of trouble. I ought to thank God for Holy Spirit conviction, my friend. Shows me how to live. Shows me how to receive a full reward for the lost. You ought to thank God for conviction also through circumstances in life, especially we think about the preaching of the Word of God. All conviction comes to, my friend, to keep you out of hell, to keep you from sin, 
to keep you from Satan. See, the Spirit of God convicts us of the fact of sin, convinces us of the fault and folly and foolishness and filth and fruit of sin. It convinces, it convicts. What produces conviction? We think about this guy here in Acts chapter 9. He said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I am Jesus. What's the problem here, my friend? Oh, his conscience is stabbing him. Who's doing that? It's the Spirit of God trying to arrest Paul. What does the Spirit of God use? The Spirit of God uses, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. I guess in its simplest form, in the book of James, James chapter 2, there's a little statement made there. And it says something like this. If ye have respect of persons, ye commit sin. Well, it be a shame for doing that. And are convinced of the law as transgressors. Well, how's that? Well, what's being said there? All right, the law says that I'm not to have respect of persons. If I do, I sin. Then what have I done? I broke the law. And the law shows that I'm a transgressor. So what does the word of, we think about what, uh, what does the Holy Spirit use to produce this conviction? My friend, it uses the word of God. See, the words of God bring blessing and comfort to those who live uprightly. Now, I'm not talking about the proud. To about those who are living right. But it brings conviction to those who allow sin to dominate their life. And it's the preaching of the Word of God that exposes sin for what it really is. So we think about a person, as far as life is concerned, we have this choice. I can live under conviction, been there, whoo, done that. Many a night I rolled in my bunk in the Gulf of Mexico. Many a night just just working and hoping that I wouldn't fall overboard. Many a time just thanking God that I got back to the dock without dying because I was living under conviction, just doing things that was wrong in the sight of God. My friend, I was looking for God to, to take it out on me. I was looking for the punishing hand of God. But I'm glad my sins are forgiven. I'm glad the blood that Jesus shed there at Calvary provided a perfect forgiveness for me. Not only just forgiveness, but redemption. I'm glad to be redeemed. I'm glad to be part of the body of Christ. I'm glad to be part of those who profess faith in Christ that call themselves Christians. I want to live under comfort, not under conviction. What produces conviction? Work of the Holy Spirit. What does the Spirit of God use? The Word of God. What part of us has affected the conscience. One John chapter 8 and verse 9, there's some people that's there, religious folk. They found somebody right in the midst of an act of sin. They bring them, throw them at the feet of Jesus and say, tell us, what are we supposed to do here? Jesus did something unusual. He spoke to them first, but then he wrote on the ground. What he wrote, I do not know. Whatever he wrote, though, was the word of God. And it says, they being convicted by their own conscience. What convicts us? We think about the old conscience, you know. And it says in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 2 and verse 15, see, it's the laws of God that's written in the hearts. The works of the law written in the hearts, the conscience bearing witness. When you sin against the conscience, it hurts. Conscience, your conscience will keep. In fact, I guess I could make a general statement here. The conscience keeps more people awake than coffee. The conscience, it's the conscience that hurts when everything else feels all right. Sin is the opiate that lulls the conscience to sleep, so the fruit of wicked living is to have no conscience at all. And I've seen people that way. As the writer said in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, a conscience seared 
with a hot iron. My friend, a conscience, my friend, uh, we think about your conscience. Thank God that our conscience is alive. I hope I'm speaking to those who have a conscience that's still alive. I can choose to live, my friend, through my conscience convicting me or living under comfort. How do you want to live? I remember my dad. My dad was gone most all of my life when I was young. My dad was a commercial fisherman. He'd be gone one week, two weeks, three weeks. And he'd have to go off on these fishing trips, and he was a, he was a hard worker. And uh, then he'd come home. He'd be so good to see him, so good to see my daddy, you know. But uh, there are a lot of times I was a bad boy. And when I was a bad boy, my mother would say, as soon as your dad gets home, I'm going to tell him what you've done. Do you understand? Wayne Munn, yes, yes, ma'am. As soon as your dad gets home, I'm going to tell him he's going to take care of you. Yes, ma'am. I tell you, then thinking about my father coming home was a horrible thing because when he would come home, he came home to somebody that was mean, somebody that had done wrong, you know. But there was times to where well, my dad was gone a couple of weeks where I guess God was helping me even in a lost condition. I behaved myself as a young man. And my dad would come home and he said, you've been a good boy? Yes, sir. It was so good to see him. It was so good just to hug his neck. And he was so proud of me that I tried to live right. Oh, I don't want to live under conviction like I done wrong. And my dad's fixing to come home. And I'm fixing to get chastened for it. I don't want to live under conviction, my friend. It takes it to bother you mentally. You know, a lot of problems with people mentally is that they just under conviction. Bring it to God. Get it right with God. Confess those things to the Savior. He's faithful and just to forgive. And he can have you go to bed and live all day under comfort, not under conviction. Until next week, the same time, Fisher Mund saying goodbye.